so there's a man, and he really likes tractors, okay? He is a huge fan of tractors. Uh, he's got tractor posters, he's got little tractor models, and he's got tractors, like actual tractors themselves. He's even got himself a farm to have his tractors and drive around his tractors. He never... Oh, oh, I've, I've, I've heard this one before. Uh, he, he turns on the electric chair, and he, I guess he's just a bad conductor, right? No. <laughs> no. So, he loves his, his, he loves his tractors. Um, he's got a farm, but the, there's one thing in the world which he loves more than his tractors, and that is his lovely, lovely wife. But one day, disaster strikes. While he is inside, his wife gets into an accident with one of his tractors, and she is crushed. And she, is, she dies. But before she dies, she manages to have a few last words with him, and she urges him, Don't let this be the end of your life, too. Move on. Find someone else. But when she dies, he's absolutely heartbroken, and he, he can't bring himself to talk to other women. He mostly stays inside, inside, but he wants to honor her promise. So he goes to therapy, um, and he starts to try and move on, but even as he sort of comes out of his shell, tractors are ruined for him. So he throws away all of his tractor posters, he throws away all of his tractor models, he sells his tractors. But after several years, he's gotten better and he can finally get out of his shell and he finally meets somebody new um and he works up the courage to ask her out on a date she says yes and he takes her to a very fancy restaurant to sort of kick off his second attempt at a romantic life and this fancy restaurant has those little incense smoke machines right but something goes wrong with one of them and instead of just being a little wisp of aromatic smoke, it starts to fill up the entire restaurant so that no one can see. But he tells her, don't worry about it, I got this. And in one big breath, he inhales all the smoke, he runs outside, he blows it all out, and the restaurant is clear. And he comes back in, and he sits down, and she says to him, how did you do that? And he says, well, I'm an extractor fan. So you blew almost two and a half minutes of runtime on that fucking joke? Yes. We we have to edit that out. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm no. I'm, the... I'm apologizing. I'm holding you accountable for the listeners because <laughs> I I think if we look at our anchor stats, literally just everyone stopped listening at that point. I'm the producer. In any case, um, I might speed it up back a bit. To, Yeah. Welcome back to your Juno uh, for the week. Um, I think... Week being a very subjective term here. Yeah, well, we'll just say you're Juno, yeah. um, because, you know, it's, it's your slop for however long we decide to go on hiatus for mm. again. Um, I mean, we still, if you're... How about that debate episode? Oh, how about that debate episode? How about that debate episode? Anyway, um, so we have, uh, I, it's not really, like, I guess it's one of our history episodes, if you... Yeah. If, for those of you, for those of you Juno scholars uh, among us, this could be classified as a history episode. But it is very recent history. But I guess it, it provides us a jumping off point for talking about um, something. One of those words that people on left wing Twitter love to like talk about and don't really know what it was. I just want to um, note before you go on that you said the words among us. Okay, fuck you. Uh, we're also editing. Out <laughs> yeah, it. actually, I'm gonna um, edit that out. I'm not gonna edit that out. But. Um, we are going to talk today about one of the 
um, sort of, I, I guess you could call them like one of the few real revolutionary forces in the United States. Oh, you know, fuck they're, you. They're agitating for real, um, meaningful change. Um, you know, advocating for land back, um, really sort of a, a black liberation group, the likes of which we haven't seen since, uh, the black, the new black Panther party advocating um, for, yeah, land back, black liberation, anti-Semitism, uh, uh, stem cell science and growing new hearts for colonized people. Um, oh, faith healing people with epilepsy. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're talking about all jokes aside, we will be talking about, uh, the cult of black hammer or black hammer organization, um, which styles itself as a sort of Maoist third worldist, um, I guess, liberation front, um, revolutionary group, organization, whatever you want, whatever buzzword you want to attach to this group. Um, but we'll basically be describing it, you know, again, completing the pivot into a true crime podcast. Um, we will be basically running through it as if it were a cult, not because of any sort of ideological differences or the, the fact that we're, you know, we're not against land back or obviously not against black liberation. But we will be analyzing what this cult actually does and sort of the lines that you can draw between this and other famous cults. I want to note before we start that uh, we will talk about the leader of Black Hammer a lot, Gazi. And Gazi is constantly switching up pronouns. Uh, and so I'm just... I think we're just going to use they them pronouns going forward. We'll just use we'll use they them because it's been that's he him, the it's been they so. them, it's been she her. I have no idea, but we're going to stick to they them. And if that's not what's accurate at the moment when you listen to it, not our fault. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, Black Hammer. If you've never heard of them, good. Good. You're, you're the uh, lucky few. Literally, turn off this episode. Um, if you have, uh, you know, as Declan mentioned, they are a. Ostensibly, yes, a, a liberationist movement, a la Black Panthers, um, but in reality, they often function functionally. They're they're a little different from a cult, um, and uh, you know some of the stuff they do is also functionally not that different from uh, planted agitators. I mean, we all saw what Lincoln Project recently did with the Virginia. Um, Elections like deliberately trying to manufacture outrage in order to boost the Democratic Party's profiles, which, which backfired. But of course, in the case of Black Hammer, it doesn't necessarily, right? Because their media strategy, and I'm just running here on the assumption that if you're still listening to this, you actually kind of know a little bit about what they are, or at least Declan's explanation was enough for you. Um, but it has been released that their media strategy is to deliberately manufacture outrage. And so if you remember when... I mean, the, like, the first time I heard about them, yeah, was the... Calling Anne Frank a colonizer was certainly a choice. Or calling the Holocaust white on white crime, yeah. But I thought that, like, for the most part, they were just a sort of weird, like, you know, 5,000 follower Instagram, like, politogram page. Mm. So that, my first brush with Black Hammer, I, like, obviously I've never personally interacted with them, thank God. Um, but th that was sort of my first experience seeing what they were about was, wait, they just they called Anne Frank a colonizer and said that she had it coming, um, which and you know, specifically obviously... they're calling Anne Frank a cracker specifically by the way. Yeah, and it, it was I guess 
It was the kind of thing where there was outrage, and I think there was an, some sort of an apology, and one of the members was like not turfed, but you know reduced, like scaled back their sort of posting, um, because I guess the op had worked and they had generated enough outrage. And look, it worked. I have I had then heard about them yep. since that incident. Mm-hmm. So if what they're after is you know not too cynically, but if they're after clicks and attention to try and bring eyes to their cause. At work. I think that there's better ways of doing that than saying that victims of the Holocaust deserved it. Um, there definitely are better ways of doing that. Mm-hmm. But it was a strategy that worked. Yeah. And so, as far as left-wing politics go, we, <laughs> we need some of those. Okay. Okay. I think that that's a road that you don't want to walk down. <laughs> um. No, but, like, for sure. I think, like, it is a, a viable media strategy, and it works. Um, I mean, just look at Tucker Carlson, right? But uh, I, ne- I'm i going to make it my 2022 New Year's resolution because I don't really need any more responsibilities for the rest of this year to just nail a Tucker Carlson impression. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, um, but yeah, their media strategy deliberately manufacture outrage. It works. They are, as far as, uh, I don't know if they would even consider themselves leftists, but as far as like politically fringe organizations go in the united states that aren't like the green party they're like kind of big um they can actually they're big in the they're like there's okay like to put this in perspective i would say that they're probably on par with the the psl like the party for socialism i have i looked and i have no idea of their numbers but they actually do have a sort of an ability to mobilize their membership so i think it's yeah so like they're about on par with the PSL. I think they're probably smaller than the PSL. Yeah. Um, which, again, if you're like a normal pilled person that doesn't actually know what any of these Did acronyms you just say stand for, like, shut up. Um, if you don't know what the PSL stands for, consider yourself lucky. They basically ran the Chapo Trap House subreddit when that was still a thing. Did they? It was like incredibly funny that the the podcast itself is like just a bunch of like you know just socialist guys, and you had like these PSL nerds in there, like, advocating for revolution on their subreddit. That subreddit, I was mad when it got taken down, oh, but fuck. I'm glad now. It In hindsight, like, it was fun, but it was also, like, the most annoying kind... Like, think of the most annoying left-wing person that you know. Just a, a subreddit entirely populated by them. What's that people. guy, Nate... Um, not Silver. Nate, Nathan J. Robinson? Yeah, yeah he rules. I, I love him. Anyways, that's not, more, more people should be like him. Less people should be like Chapo subreddit people. Yeah. But anyway, um, back to Black Hammer. They are, yeah, s- smaller than the PSL, but still, like, uh, they have a support base that's actually willing to do things besides post. Um, and I guess we couldn't talk about uh, Boulder, Boulder City. Um, Hammer City. Hammer City. In Colorado. Um, sure, yeah. And you know what? Let's do that now before we get into the... Um... Right, because we can stuff. we can talk about you know I don't think that on paper, Hammer City is necessarily a bad thing. I think that if you want to buy land out in the middle of fucking nowhere, Colorado, and start your own, whether you want to call it a commune, whether you want to call it a autonomous zone city, whatever you want to call that community that you go and set up, I don't really find anything ideologically disagreeable with that i think if you want to go and do that and you're gonna you're gonna support and you're gonna build that community i honestly like obviously 
in this context, it's questionable because it's being run by a fucking cult of personality. But I don't see anything wrong with that strategy either. I, you know what? Maybe in theory, but I think that for the most part, when you get political groups that go off to build a little walled community of their own, uh, they're basically always cults, and it basically always ends with somebody drinking Kool-Aid. Um, whether it's Waco or uh, Jim Jones, like, I don't know. It just always goes back. And by the way, when I say Waco, that's not to say that the raid and extrajudicial execution of literally everybody in that compound was justified, but it was a very fucked up cult. Um, but yeah, like, it's, uh, I don't know. So anyways, uh, Boulder City was this idea of Black Hammer that they were going to go to uh, rural Colorado, set up their own community. Sorry, not Boulder City, Hammer City. Uh, go to rural Colorado, set up their own city or town, uh, be self-sufficient, and then you can live whatever free of colonialism. Uh, in reality, Gazi just wanted to be mayor. Um, but it was a spectacular failure. So this, at this point, they start getting a bit more media attention. Um, a, because it is very clearly a scam, because uh, they're making people pay money, but also because they start doing these things called the reparations core. Where basically, if you are white, um, you pay them money uh, at various tiers. There's like a Mao tier, and there's like a Sankara tier. Uh, I think there's also a Pol Pot tier, I'm not sure. Uh, and so you pay them money, you get education packages, and then you go and work for them to go build their... Um, it's almost like an indulgence in the Catholic Church. You know, the whole thing that started the Protestant Reformation? Yeah. Where you pay money to skip purgatory? With the reparations core, the explicit like marketing thing was you pay money and you go and work off your sins of being white, and that's how you sort of work off so, your crimes of, of yeah being a colonizer. I would just like to read from there. So it's it's they have their membership dues, um, which is different from the reparations core. But so we're just gonna run through the membership dues um, tier lists here. So um, from their own website. We have membership options that range from five to one hundred dollars a month. If you are able to select at least the five dollar a month option to sustain our organization to continue building for liberation for all colonized people, we understand that as colonized poor working class people, that not everyone can afford to pay five dollars a month for membership dues. Email. Um, I'm not going to read this out on the program because um, you guys shouldn't send them mail. Um, please provide Unless your contact you information, and we will. <laughs> And we will ensure that you are an active member in your chapter and have also participated in the membership boot camp, which again, little red flag going yeah. off. Um, come participate in our membership boot camp before we let you join our rank and file. Um, so they have for $5 a month, you get to be Marcus Garvey. For $10 a month, there is the Margarita Neri uh, tier. $20 a month, there's the Ho Chi Minh tier. $50 a month, there's the Thomas Sankara tier, and then $100 a month, you are the Che Guevara um, tier. So, this is the most LARP shit, like, ever. If this was an absolute yeah. dangerous cult, I'd be, like, laughing my ass off. I also want to note that Che Guevara was white. Yeah, he was, he was Argentinian. I also so, I mean, want to note that when Che Guevara went to the Congo to go and fight with the communist rebels... They deliberately tried to mask their identity, and he was the only white Cuban there. They only took uh, Afro-Cubans because it didn't, he didn't want it discovered that he was white, and at certain points he actually considered taking white Cubans in blackface to go fight for uh, the communist rebels in the Congo. 
Um, and so, sure, a principled defender of socialism, but I don't know. I feel like if you're a Black Hammer person, uh, that just seems like a little bit like a white guy appropriating your cause, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. I think the best... If you want, like, their whole ideology summed up in, in just, like, one of their articles, um, the headline, Greta Thunberg is a drug and you're a dope head. <laughs> By the way, I just want to add, I think Che Guevara is very cool. I just think that if you're Black Hammer, he shouldn't be. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah no, but, that's... Yeah. And then if we go if we go to the, the reparations um, section of the blackhammer.org website... So this is the one you pay um, if you're white. It says here, are you white? Do you want to help? Do you want to be a good person on the right side of history? The only way you could wash the blood off your hands is following the leadership of African, indigenous, and colonized people and paying reparations for all that's been stolen in your name. Pay reparations. To support the anti-colonial struggle directly, without taking our class for colonizers, Black Hammer Organization accepts reparations via monthly donations. Reparations will go directly to empowering poor and working class African, indigenous, and other colonized people worldwide. Why pay reparations? All wealth enjoyed by colonizers is from colonialism, the pillaging, slavery, and genocide of African, indigenous, and colonized people. White people, no matter how poor, still benefit from colonialism because it's what upholds their culture and their way of life. Exploitation from being poor is separate from oppression from being colonized. Again, I don't think they're necessarily wrong on that point. No. But... White people, even those who are liberal and well-meaning, have always given tacit approval to colonialism through their apathy, ignorance, and continued investment in the status quo. Also, also true. True. Minerals, jewels, art, culture, plants, animals, and other resources are continually looted, and that wealth is held by colonizers. Also, also true. true. Colonizers trade their humanity and choose to pillage, enslave, and genocide. Their domination over the world must end before it destroys the planet and all of humanity. True. The only rate to right the wrong, to repay what is stolen, is reparations. Again, true. true. They are but all, reparations like, is not paying. Reparations an is not paying an org. So, and then it says one-time reparations payment. There's a, a button. Um, let me see. Yeah. So it's just you literally plug in your fucking credit card. <laughs> <laughs> it literally it says enter amount, name, email, credit card, and then month like expiration and and code. So I want to note by the way, just before we go further, when we talk about reparations here and we talk about the way in which Black Hammer uses its money, there have been several leaked messages and flags raised that, A, a lot of the money goes to Commander Ghazi themselves. B, Commander Ghazi has been incredibly reluctant to send money to Africa and has specifically said, I'm not sending them any money that they don't raise themselves. Uh, and C, when it comes to actually like dividing resources among uh, members of Black Hammer, especially those who are more economically vulnerable, people who are homeless, whatever, um, apparently they just prefer people who are lighter skinned in that organization, and darker skinned Black people uh, and Indigenous people kind of get fucked out of it. And so I just want to note that that Black Hammer itself is not an organization that is free from racism, colorism and even national chauvinism uh, and in a sense has now found itself abandoning uh, this sort of crusade of anti-colonialism in favor of like what it's done which is what organizations often end up doing 
is it has conflated what is best for colonized people with what is best for Black Hammer. And because it has conflated what is best for and and, and what it is then once again cre- conflated what is best with, for Black Hammer with what is best for Commander Gazi. Right. So it, it just becomes send us money and we were, we will do the right thing because our organization is always doing the right thing. But when but you I send the wanna... money, it goes to Gazi alone. I, and so for the the monthly reparations, you can choose the five dollar tier vanilla, ten dollar <laughs> tier butter pecan, twenty five dollar tier mint chip, fifty dollar tier English toffee, hundred dollar tier Rocky Road, two hundred fifty dollar tier cookie dough, five hundred dollar tier French vanilla, and the one thousand dollar tier Neapolitan. Um. um so I just want to again. Note here. You just literally. You just and you just punch in your credit card or debit card or debit card number um, and all the information for it and then you just say yes sign me up for this surely there's no way that I can be why are all these why are all their tiers named after various Europeans why is number one an Italian that's like that's a colonial nation why is number two French (laughs) why do you have the English in there huh so have other resources that you can give us reparations contact us um, and then there's a little blurb about (laughs) why join the Corps Okay. For 600 years, you have been murdering indigenous people, enslaving Africans, and colonizing the globe. Aren't you tired of endless genocides enacted in your name? You have raped Turtle Island and her indigenous nations. You stole African people from their prosperous continent to build your plantations. You have stolen our lands, forced us to work as your slaves, racked up the plunder of colonialism to fuel the parasitic capitalist system that murders us today. The genocide of colonized people never ended, and they are continued today worldwide through colonialism and imperialism. You have blood on your hands, but you can never wash them clean on your own accord. In the words of Brazilian educator Paulo Freire, Although the situation of oppression is a dehumanized and dehumanizing totality, affecting both the oppressors and those whom they oppress, it is the latter who must, from their stifled humanity, wage for both the struggle for a fuller humanity, the oppressor, who is himself dehumanized because he dehumanizes others, is unable to lead the struggle. So sit down and take notes. By paying reparations... You acknowledge that you and your nation still benefit from our stolen resources. By taking this class, you acknowledge that you and your nation still benefit from the dopamine rush of that conquest. Can I note that apart from one subscription tier, they have not mentioned Asia or Asian people once? No. Why would they? Yeah. So, okay, let's move on. Let's start reading off the website. Let's talk about the actual cultish behavior here. Uh, right, because any any organization can can get followers through guilt tripping and saying, yeah. "Oh, look, you're you're part of the problem if you don't donate." So to us. that's not it's it's a sign of a cult. Mm-hmm. It's not indicative. 100%. So we kind of yeah stopped off in the middle of talking about Hammer City. Hammer City was a complete failure. There's a very funny video of them trying to place one plank on the ground for about nine hours uh, and failing. Uh, but yeah, it was a complete failure, and the general consensus is that it was a Patreon scam. Um, all of that money has now gone to, to Gazi, and if there is a physical headquarters uh, for Black Hammer, it is the, quote, Hammer House, uh, where Gazi and maybe about a dozen se- other senior members... They, you know, live. film TikToks, uh, do unbox, like, PO They have live streams. I watched a few live streams. That was one of my the highlights of my Twitter career, was helping Grace Belden do some research on Black Hammer during one of their live streams. Um, but yeah, uh, so what will they do? So this is... Uh, all according to the testimony of 
former members of Black Hammer, as well as Black Hammer splinter groups like Black Hammer New York. Um, people who have not necessarily repudiated the, the aims or goals of Black Hammer, but have repudiated the organization, as well as people who have just left the cult altogether. So they will recruit young people of color fresh out of high school and college, um, and they'll be promoted throughout the organization until eventually uh, they may go live with Ghazi and the rest of the senior leadership in the Black Hammer house. Um, I want to note here that this is particularly insidious because it attracts the most desperate people, right? It's people of color, it's working class and poor people of color who often have uh, housing issues, uh, medical issues, uh, if they're you know women and gender minorities, etc. I want to note that one of the most senior members, although this is not a person who does not have uh, the proverbial blood on their own hands named Rohan, has untreated epilepsy and it's like a constant thing where they will seize uh have seizures during live streams and they will essentially be faith healed, faith healed um but when these vulnerable people are recruited because cults love to do that gazi will then hold their vulnerability over their heads uh as a way to control them um so for example he once kicked a homeless woman out of the hammer house for quote not doing her job well enough um sounds capitalist to yeah. me yeah and he made her, like, he didn't kick her out altogether. He made her sleep outside. Uh, and he had four sort of defense members, as they're called, like security guys, hold her down while he poured bleach on her clothes. Um, or they poured bleach on her clothes, rather. My apologies. Um, and he, they've done this to other people. Uh, they make people upset them sleep outside. Um, with threatens of eviction uh, for these people who are, again, reliant on Ghazi and the organization uh, to sort of keep them in line, keep them working really hard. Um, and But will often, and this can also, again, be seen on stream, and this is according to testimony of former members of Splinter Groups, will love bomb, which is where you essentially um, verbally abuse somebody constantly, and then for a short period of time, you briefly heap praise. Uh, and this is a very typical uh, abuse tactic, um, you get somebody used to being treated badly so that when they're treated well, it makes them more loyal to you uh, because it makes them want that praise even more. And especially when they're dependent on you for food, for housing, um, for literally like survival. Uh, it's, it's a particularly brutal uh, tactic of psychological abuse uh, to force not just this sort of physical dependency, but psychological dependency as well. But what happens when somebody does leave the organization? What if they do manage to escape? Well, uh, if they just leave, uh, they get harassed. If they leave and speak out against it, they are harassed even worse. So uh, it's a very common thing for them to be called pedophiles or pedophile apologists. Uh, when they try to get um, jobs, uh, Black Hammer will interfere. They will do things like you know call your workplace and accuse you of being a pedophile. Um, so when the Carolinas chapter leadership quit, uh, including one notable character named Chief Sue, who is notable for rapping on TikTok and also claiming to be a genius stem cell researcher who has grown human hearts for colonized people on TikTok, uh, they were blamed for abusing the aforementioned Rohan, this epileptic, epileptic person who is, um, uh, yeah, like faith yield on stream the, the the person that they faith yeah all the time, right? uh i also want to note that sometimes people who are left who leave are called uh, and again their words not mine menschkowitz 
which is it's fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, if you didn't get that, it's a uh, fusion of Menshevik and a Jewish last name, a typical sort of stereotypical Jewish last name. Um, and so now to quote specifically from, or paraphrase at least, specifically from a broadcast that I watch. Um, Gazi once put a, a woman in the leadership on the spotlight, on the stream, in front of hundreds of people. Uh, they say, uh, you are a very vulnerable comrade in the colony, are you not? Uh, to which the woman answers, yes. Um, Gazi then says, where have you felt the safest? And then, of course, right, she says she feels safest with Black Hammer. Uh, Gazi says, who made sure you get sent to the doctor and who paid for the medication out of my own YouTube money? She answers, Commander Gazi Kozo. And then Gazi says, yeah, that's me, that's me. Um, and then this is particularly bad because this is... A this is So, to, to clarify for the, the listeners at home, this is the same woman who was forced to sleep outside. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I forgot um, to mention that. This is all sort of... I don't know if it's pulled from the same live stream, but it is very clearly the same woman who's being, I guess, put through mm -hmm. this cycle of abuse um, in the name of anti-colonialism. Yeah, so Gazi then asks her, were you beat up on? And the woman answers, no, they were protecting you. Uh, this is when she was held down and had her clothes bleached. Uh, she says, they removed me out of the house because they were protecting you. So he basically, Gazi basically had their security beat a woman up force her to sleep outside, uh, either over some perceived slight, or just because they could, um, and then gaslight her into thinking it was her fault, and then humiliated her on camera in front of hundreds of people and the entire Black Hammer senior leadership. Um, during that same broadcast, one chief was demoted because of their failed attempts to do Hammer City in Colorado. Uh, not because uh, it was a failed attempt, but specifically because, and I quote here, it opened room for attacks on the commander, aka people who made fun of Ghazi. And Ghazi specifically made the person's boyfriend criticize him and then demoted him back to the Colorado chapter. This sort of Maoist self-criticism circle uh, type of thing that he did. Um, and I, I, I want to note here that all of this stuff may seem silly or stupid on the outside, especially if you're like watching... A live if you're stream. watching a, if you're what like I tuned into one of the live streams just at some point, and it it basically, you know that weird feeling you get when watching the Eric Andre show, yeah, where it's like, wouldn't it be like odd if this was like real? Yeah, so like it. That's essentially what you feel when you're watching a, a Black Hammer live stream, just because you don't think that like this kind of cultish behavior can just happen in front of you and have and just have it be played straight and not be part of a joke yeah so like i just want to know yeah like it, it may seem super silly it may seem super weird uh, or stupid you may think how are these people falling for it or whatever but this stuff it doesn't matter what the outside thinks it super solidifies the cult on the inside because the people are either brainwashed or they're terrified um or or the people that were never going to be able to get brainwashed just leave and they don't want to be associated with it and, that's and then they have their lives ruined anyways Weeding, but weeding out those doubters by doing shit like this is just as important as the actual cycle of well, not as important, but it is on par with the actual cycle of abuse that locks people in is keeping the people who may be a sort of bridge out of Black Hammer away. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So now we're gonna jump into with a bit of time we have left. 
Uh, we're gonna jump into so, another interesting thing. There's there's a widespread. I don't want to say attempt because it sounds like I'm defending Black Hammer Org, which is not something that we're in the business of doing here. Um, but there is a widespread sort of. I, I guess I'll say attempt to Fed Jacket um, Black Hammer Org, and that's to say that. You know, you, you say that they are in some way uh, a government, like, psychological operation, that they're, um, for lack of a better term and lack of something that isn't just jargon, they're COINTELPRO. I want to add they that are... it is quite possible that this is true. So, there's a, yeah, there's a widespread, um, I guess, campaign to say that, to raise awareness that Black Hammer is a counterintelligence program, which, um... You can literally Google COINTELPRO. Um, we don't really have time to talk about the history of COINTELPRO as it relates, you know, to Black liberation, especially in the U.S. But um, just giving that Wikipedia page a quick skim is, is very eye-opening. They fucking in killed Fred Hampton and and MLK. Yeah, and Malcolm X. <laughs> but to sum it up, intelligence is when the FBI is listening. Counterintelligence is when the FBI is talking. Um, that's the best way I've ever heard it put. Yeah. And so there's a lot of efforts to say that Black Hammer is run by most likely the FBI, some other, you know, alphabet agency, in order to make, you know, anti-colonial struggle, to make black liberation look like a cult or make it look like a joke or something that's unserious or only espoused by people who are just in it for the money, for the power, for the following. Um, this is not without precedent i mean there were plenty of these sort of black liberation pseudo movements run by um government by government agencies in the 1960s um and you know today with the formation and the dubious origins of the so-called new black panther party um and their very odd hodgepodge of um political ideologies and movements that sort of seem to coalesce out of nowhere um there were a lot of photo ops done with what later turned out to be professional actors at Black Lives Matter protests in New Black Panther um, shirts with rifles, you know, very scary, very determined looking um, women, you know, women at these Black Lives Matter protests who were armed and looking very serious in Black Panther clothing. Um, but at its core, COINTELPRO just exists to sow some sort of mistrust in other members of your movement. Yeah. Now, COINTELPRO, like, in general, is, for example, if the FBI paid me to constantly derail the program, if we were a real revolutionary organization, if I were just paid to sow distrust, make people not trust the official Juno line, make people disagree, um, and just generally prevent the movement from being cohesive. Hmm. Well, I also, I want to add, though, right, like, again, like, some of the things that, that COINTELPRO did, you know, false media stories, harassment of activists, killing activists, undermining groups with infiltrators, and just straight up creating, like, pseudo-movement groups run by government agents, and so I, I just, I don't feel comfortable completely ruling out the possibility that Black Hammer is, or at least was at one point, a government no, that so that that that's kind of the second half of this COINTELPRO thing where something doesn't have to be COINTELPRO for it to work as COINTELPRO. And I I guess I'll explain that a little bit more. 
as long as you know that COINTELPRO is something that the government engages in, as long as you know that they're willing to make fake organizations, pay off people to join organizations and derail them, you will always be paranoid that that is what is happening to your organization. And that paranoia acts as counterintelligence. It acts as a distraction from whatever your movement is actually fighting for. Mm. If you're so worried about someone else in your organization being a rat, you're not focused on whatever program, whether it's land back, whether it's indigenous struggles, whatever those programs are, you are never focused on your mission if you're always looking over your shoulder because you think in the back of your head that someone could be a spy. Yeah. So, Black Hammer Organization maybe may have been infiltrated by feds it may have been Created, completely yeah. manufactured by by feds it could have zero federal involvement whatsoever the fbi could just not know who these nerds are yep but that's not the important part nope. the important part is that we are sitting here theorizing as to whether or not the feds are involved that is enough to distract anyone from the actual struggle that Black Hammer says that they are for, and as we've, I guess, demonstrated, is not what they're really about. Mm -hmm. But that counterintelligence and, you know, the FBI talking, or whatever intelligence agency talking, and splitting up these movements is... It, it doesn't really matter if it's there, because the fact that it's happened throughout history means you have to be vigilant for it because it has worked to break up organizations but you can't let that fear paralyze you mm -hmm. at the end of the day the rcmp or CSIS, if we're in a canadian context is not going to be sending anyone into your fucking chapter of fight back on your university campus no you're like good enough at sabotaging your movement on your own because they accurately realize that there probably isn't revolutionary potential in a bunch of people who all hang out, drink beer, and read Trotsky together. Yeah. And a bunch of universities. There probably isn't a revolutionary potential there. And they're not going to waste their resources on that when they can be, you know, paying off random Nova Scotian dentists to go do mass shootings. Um, yeah but anyway um i think just to i don't know we, we've run a little bit short but who care i i i yeah i think that the important takeaway from this episode is that not everything is COINTELPRO pro and just organize yep don't don't get caught up in your bullshit inter interparty interparty politics although that said if you are a member of fightback uh, delete all of your social media, change your legal do name, and wait. go into hiding in Pakistan. Uh, even then, I'll still probably find you. Do way more COINTELPRO if you're a member yeah, of Fightback. Yeah, like honestly, Fed groups probably get more done than, than Fightback. Oh no, yeah, what are you going to do? Spray paint another hammer and sickle onto a concrete telephone pole? Oh, I'm sure Jeff Bezos is quivering in his boots. Well, I mean, we don't really have much else to uh, talk about. I mean, land back commander. We could, 
Yeah, we could we could just start like riffing about Dune, but I think um no, nah, that's 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 well, maybe we'll, we'll save that for another day. Um, fuck you. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. Uh. Well, I, I guess you're glad about my two minute joke now. Yeah. And we just made it to forty minutes. There we go. So, uh, until next time, I've been Malcolm. I've been Declan. And this has been your Juno. Look over your shoulder, folks. <laughs>